Thank you all for joining us here at I-80 Sports, where today we continue our 32-part 2021 NHL team previews. Today's team, the Columbus Blue Jackets. Thank you all for joining us here again at I-80 Sports. Thank you all for joining us here again at I-80 Sports. Make sure that you follow us down below at I-80Sports.com for all of our team previews coming up because we are previewing all 32 teams before the start of the NHL season, which we're now in October, so it's not too far until the start of the NHL season now. So you got to make sure that you follow our content there. And if you're joining us here on YouTube, make sure to do like, comment, and subscribe for the rest of our team previews coming up. We're already through with the Pacific Division, with the Central Division, with the Atlantic Division. We're already into the Metropolitan Division, so only a couple more teams to go, guys. So if you have a favorite team that we have already covered, make sure you drop some love on those videos as well. Like and comment. And like I said before, if you haven't subscribed already, make sure that you subscribe while you're on here. And if you follow us on Twitter, or if you're on Twitter in general, make sure that you follow us down below at I80 underscore sports NHL. And if you're following us already, thank you guys so much for your support because without you guys, we cannot do this on a weekly basis. I'm Brian. He's Tom. Tom, how are you doing today? Doing well, doing well. And here we are to preview a team that is kind of stuck in the same situation that they've been stuck in for most of their history, the Columbus Blue Jackets. Yeah, and well... Do things get worse this year? Do things get better? Well, only one way to find out. And, well, to look forward, we got to look back. So let's look at some 2020 and 2021 team facts first. Color change down below also on the fly. So <laughs> what was Columbus's record last year? Well, they were 18, 26, and 12. 18 wins to 26 losses to 12 overtime losses. Good for 48 points. But unfortunately... They finished last in the Central Division last year. Power play and penalty kill wise, eh, yeah, not so, not not that, not great, not bad. Uh, power play wise, they were not that great. They were sitting at fifteen point four percent on the power play, which below league average. League average on the power play, as we all know, is at nineteen percent. So sitting at fifteen point four percent, Columbus definitely wants to capitalize on that and maybe jump that number this year. On the penalty kill, sitting right at league average, though. 79% on the penalty kill. League average is 79%, so still want to improve that number for this year. Leading scorers for the Columbus Blue Jackets this year were Oliver Bjorkstrand with 44 points, former Columbus Blue Jacket Cam Atkinson with 34 points, and recently acquired Jack Roslovic with 34 points. Some key additions and subtractions here for the Columbus Blue Jackets. On the addition side, Adam Boakfist, Jake Bean, Jake, uh, Jakob Voracek. Oh, my God, I almost pronounced that wrong. Jakob Voracek, Sean Corrali, Tyler Sakura, Brendan Gantz, Zach Ronaldo, though then again, not so much of an addition anyway. And lastly, Jean-Francois Berube was also an addition. And on the subtraction side of things, Seth Jones, Cam Atkinson, Adam Clendenning, Michael Delzato, Cole Sherwood, uh, Zach Dalpy, and Gavin Bayreuther, who was a 
picked by the Seattle Kraken in the expansion draft this year. So he was officially shipped off to Seattle, much like the rest. Next, we got to talk about some X Factors here. And no, we are not talking about NHL 22 X Factors. We're talking about our own brand of X Factors here. Who do we feel will be imperative to the Columbus Blue Jackets' uh, success this year? So, Tom, let's start with you because I've done enough talking as always. Who do you feel are some X Factors on the Columbus Blue Jackets this year? I mean, maybe it's the organization as a whole from the top down. Throughout this team's short history, they've had many, many stars. Guys like Rick Nash, Jeff Carter, Artemi Panarin, Matthew Sane, and Sergei Bobrovsky, just to name a few. And they just can't seem to either ice good teams with those guys, or even when they do put decent teams on the ice, they still manage to lose these players um, for whatever reasons. We trade through free agency. I don't know if it's the organizational philosophy there. I don't know, maybe it's just the area in general. The players don't like living there. And yet here we are again this year, kind of heading into the... Same situation the Blue Jackets have been in for the last 21 years. You have two very good players there in Matt Stomey and Patrick Line. Guys who you figure you can build a really good team around. Guys who can be franchise cornerstones. Problem is, is that if you ask me, I don't think either one of them really wants to be there. If this team is bad at the deadline, expect them to start dangling these guys and taking calls on them. And very well, yet again, it's the same old MO in Columbus. Here they are selling off their best players because they don't want to be there and they're having to rebuild yet again. The fans over there deserve better than this. Yeah, I completely agree. And, you know, we look at previous names with the Columbus Blue Jackets who are now moved on to greener and greater pastures. And you start thinking maybe it's the same coming for certain players. So that being said, let's start off with my first X factor here. With all of the fanfare he received coming to the team last year, all eyes are going to be on Patrick Laine to perform. And with 24 points in 46 games last year, he's going to need to prove that he's not just a streaky scorer. If his streakiness continues and he doesn't score on a consistent basis, he's going to become a hired gun in no time soon. I think about Patrick Laine if he you know, doesn't fully shape up soon. I could see him bouncing around from team to team as a hired gun, much like Thomas Vanek has kind of done over the number of years. And uh, maybe Patrick Lina becomes a Thomas Vanek type of player where he just goes to the highest bidder, you know, gives his services for about a year or two and then moves on to the next team. And it's not that Patrick Lina isn't talented. He certainly is, but he's got to prove that he can stay consistent the entire time another one is a returning gustav nyquist and nyquist who opted out of the 2020-2021 season has yet to play a game with columbus since signing in 2020 and uh i'm just gonna be really interested to see how gustav nyquist plays with columbus this year last time we saw him he did very very well and i think hopefully he's not gonna miss a beat Lastly is that top pair on defense, Zach Wierenski and recently acquired Adam Boakfast. Both are fantastic defensemen who can prove to make a major difference on an otherwise underwhelming Columbus squad. And Zach Wierenski, I mean, to be honest, he's one of the best defensemen in the entire NHL. And as long as you have one of the best defensemen in the entire NHL, good things can happen. 
but we'll just have to see for Columbus this year. Next, we're going to talk about some breakout candidates here who we feel could have a breakout season, maybe coming into their rookie season, haven't had a breakout season yet, or maybe somebody who is a little bit older and hasn't quite had a career year yet. So, Tom, let's start with you. Who do you feel is a breakout candidate here on the Columbus Blue Jackets? Well, I guess the obvious one here is Cole Sillinger, and he's been handed the proverbial keys to the Corvette, I guess you'd say. He's actually projected to start in that number one center spot. Sorry, guys, I spoiled our, the uh, the lineup chart for you that's coming up. All Max Dermy's Max Dermy, Max Domi is hurt. He's been a point per game player in his years in junior hockey. And if you look at Columbus, like myself and most people do, they really got nothing to lose putting him in that first line spot. I like this kid at the draft. I wanted my team, the Rangers, to get him. I didn't think they would. I hope they would. They were too far down. Let's see what he can do here. I really, really like to see what this guy could do. Yeah, and I think, honestly, Cole Sillinger is an obvious pick here and a popular pick here. I'm going to say somebody else who I think a lot of people might be kind of scratching their head just like, I feel like he's already broken out. And to me, that's 21-year-old defenseman Adam Boakfast. And some of you might be thinking to yourself just like, well, he kind of broke out last year with Chicago, didn't he? Not really. His highest point total has been 16 points. And to me, after being recently acquired from Chicago, he's going to very well get 20 to 23 minutes a night alongside top defenseman Zacharensky. I would anticipate a career year for Bokefist this year, who could register more than his career high total point total of 16 points, uh, which he did last year. Honestly, he could very well shatter that this year. I think you could see Adam Bokefist in that 30 maybe 30 to 35 point, you know, spectrum for him. I, I think that's a realistic number. At least I could be wrong. Maybe I'm completely, you know, highballing that one. Maybe he sits more so in the low twenties, maybe mid twenties, but we're just going to have to see. I mean, Columbus's lineup is really going to be kind of boomer bust in a lot of ways. So we're just going to have to see what happens. Moving right along, we're going to talk about the potential opening night lineup for the Columbus Blue Jackets this year, which we're already in October, but training camp hasn't fully ended yet. We're still in preseason mode. So that being said, there are some ways that this lineup can change between now and the beginning of the season in just a few short weeks. So, of course, as always, guys, make sure to take this with a grain of salt. But as always, guys, it's time to look at that potential opening night lineup. So without further delay... Let's talk about what that lineup could look like. So on forward line one, we're moving from left wing to center to right wing. We've got Patrick Line with Cole Sillinger and Jakob Voracek, recently acquired from the Philadelphia Flyers for Cam Atkinson. Straight up, I might add. Next on the second line, we've got Gustav Nyquist with Jack Roslovic and Oliver Bjorkstrand. To me, to, like, to me, this is probably the best line on this team. I actually have high hopes specifically for this line. Moving on to the third line, we've got Greg Hoffman with Boone Jenner and Alex Tessier. And then on to the fourth line, we've got Eric Robinson with Sean Corrali and Liam Foody. Liam Foody is also a person that probably could move and kind of fluctuate, maybe be that Swiss Army knife moving from certain lines from night to night. We'll talk about that in variables. Next, on to the first line of defense, as I mentioned before, Zach Gorensky with Adam Bokvist. On to the second line of defense, Vladislav Gavrikov with Jake Bean. And on the third line of defense, Dean Kukin with Andrew Peak. And lastly, the goaltending. 
I made this a goalie 1A, 1B situation because I think it is going to be either straight down the middle or maybe 55-45, but goalie 1A, Elvis Merzlikens, who just got a uh, lengthy extension by the Columbus Blue Jackets. And lastly, goalie 1B, Junis Corpusallo. So it's an interesting lineup to me for Columbus this year. I don't think it's a bad lineup by any means. But we got to talk about some variables here because there are some ways that this lineup can change between now and opening night. There are ways that this lineup can change between opening night and the Olympic break and then from the Olympic break past the trade deadline. So let's talk about that a little bit. So, Tom, let's start with what do you feel are some variables uh, for this Columbus lineup this year? Well, I mean, everything I mentioned above could also be considered a variable in a way. Will Patrick Line play up to par? Or will, he be demand, or will he be demanding to be moved out of there? Will Max Domi forget about his situation from last year and come back and be the Max Domi everyone knows and loves and the player he knows he can be? Will Cole Sillinger be able to adapt to the pro game in his rookie year? Or will he falter and will they be looking to send him back to future send him down? Despite him being the prototypical modern center, and I really like Sillinger, he's not that number one overall can't-miss guy like Austin Matthews or Connor McDavid. So that's another variable. It really depends on what these three guys do. You know, they could do very well or they could falter. It's 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 fifty fifty. Tell you the truth. Yeah, and I mean, Max Domi when he finally does come back is going to be a variable in there in terms of like kind of pushing Cole Cylinder's playing time, also pushing uh, the likes of Jack Roslovic's playing time and Boone Jenner's playing time uh, by a little bit. But Max Sony also, you know, last year, one kind of running theme with him was playing with a little bit too much emotion, kind of like his father, Ty Domi. And, you know, I think that's going to be something that uh, Max Sony tries to improve on this year. But honestly, to me, I think the number one variable to me in my mind is the influx of youth on this team. We've already seen the likes of Cole Sillinger, Liam Foodie, and Andrew Peak. Uh, crack this lineup already, but who's next? You know, Bemstrom, Chinikov, you know, it's still left to be seen, you know, who could potentially crack this lineup. Chinikov, I think it's also kind of calling it a little bit too soon. I think he's a player that kind of cracks the lineup next year, along with Kent Johnson, who was recently picked this past year in the draft. I think there's still maybe a year or year and a half out from there. Plus, to me, Patrick Line is another player that's going to be interesting to watch this year. Coming into the last year of his RFA contract, what is Columbus going to do with him? And Columbus actually has a lot of kind of you know wiggle room at the moment. According to capfriendly.com, which as I've mentioned on previous videos, thank God for Cap Friendly. <laughs> um projected cap space for the Columbus Blue Jackets right now is at 12 million dollars roughly like they're like maybe like 50,000 below like 12 million, but it's pretty much $12 million in projected cap space. And, you know, Patrick line is going into his RFA contract year. He currently has a $7.5 million contract this year. Takes up about 9% of your cap at the moment. Um, another person that's interesting is Max Domi. Who's coming into his UFA contract, his first UFA contract. He's at 5.3%, uh, not percent, $5.3 million on his contract hit at the moment. He's an interesting free agent coming into this year if he uh, potentially moves on from the Columbus Blue Jackets. But the biggest thing that they have right now is money. 
they've got a lot of wiggle room in terms of money at the moment. And yeah, you do have to think about down the line signing a few of these guys. Jack Roslovic is probably a person that the Columbus Blue Jackets are going to want to lock up. He's coming into his RFA contract right now. And at 24 years old, he's sitting on a $1.8 million contract. He's almost certainly going to be making more than that next year. So save a little bit of money for him. But you also have some defensemen that are also sitting as UFAs next year. Dean Kukin is uh, one person right now sitting as a UFA next year. So you're going to need to replace him eventually. Adam Bogfist is also coming into his RFA contract. He's almost certainly going to get paid after this year. And then lastly, Eunice Corpusalo is sitting on the last year of his contract. You know, both him and Elvis Merzlikens are both at the same age. Merzlikens just got paid. He's going to be making $5.4 million over the course of uh, five years each. So each year he's going to be making $5.4 million. I think Corpus Allo is going to try to push for the same amount of money as what Merzlikens is currently pulling, maybe even a couple dollars less than that. So Columbus does have some wiggle room in terms of their cap at the moment, maybe to try to make an addition, maybe try to you know give a little bit of relief to a team that can't afford a certain player at the moment. They could be a team that kind of swoops in and maybe make something happen. They also do currently have a little bit of uh, leeway when, in terms of draft picks although they are currently missing out on their fifth round pick. They do currently have two first round picks. The uh, pick from Chicago right now is a 2022 pick, though there are conditions where it can make it a 2023 first round pick. Um, but they currently, as of right now, are sitting with first two first round picks. They have a second round pick, a third round pick, and two fourth round picks. Uh, and then their normal sixth and seventh round picks, which they also acquired in other trades as well. This is a Columbus team that not too long ago was fighting for playoff spots, maybe not so much this year, but you know, I'm going to be interested to see what they try to do to try to weaponize that cap just a little bit to maybe make themselves a little bit more competitive because they're not that far off from being that competitive of a team. But we have moved on now. We are talking about now our question of the day to round out this video, which our question of the day is the same as always. Where does Columbus end up in the Metropolitan Division this year? Where do they finish in the standings? So, Tom, let's start with you. Where does Columbus finish in the standings this year in the Metropolitan Division? I'm uh, going to make it short and sweet. Eighth place here. I just think that there's too many teams in this division that are better than they are. And there's just a question mark right now with those top two players in um, uh, Domi and Line. So I'm going with eighth place here. And I don't disagree with you like what, like whatsoever. Like I, I feel like I'm just like boosting this fanfare about Columbus and just saying like they're not a bad team. They're really not a bad team. But I just don't see them as a decent team in the Metropolitan Division this year. That's part of the problem. The Metropolitan Division is a little bit deeper than a lot of people think this year. This team is going in the right direction to compete sooner rather than later. It's just not this year, though. They do have some players coming up that are going to be really, really interesting that once Columbus hits their stride, I think will be primed to make a good playoff run. You know, once Chinikov is ready, once Kent Johnson is ready, once Bemstrom's ready, I think this is a Columbus team that could very well hit their stride sooner rather than later but it's just not this year. And for that, 
I do agree with Tom here and say eighth place. But as always, guys, what do you guys think? Do you agree? Do you disagree with our takes? Make sure that you let us know down below in the comments section. And while you're there, make sure that you like and subscribe for all of our team previews left to come, which isn't that many of them. But, hey, you might not necessarily be a Columbus Blue Jackets fan, but we have previewed all teams in the Pacific, the Central, and the Atlantic Division up to this point. So if you got teams that you have a favorite one of, go back and check out those videos. We even have a playlist on YouTube for that reason. But if you want to check out our content elsewhere besides YouTube, you can check out our content down below at iadsports.com, where not only can you find our team previews and our regularly scheduled NHL content, but you can also find our NFL, NCAA football MLS and NBA content there as well. The NBA season is coming up and our NBA team is currently previewing all of the divisions in the NBA at the moment. So you want to make sure that you drop some love for them as well. And if you're on Twitter, make sure you follow us down below at I 80 underscore sports NHL. And if you're currently following us already, thank you guys so much because we greatly value all of your support without you guys. We can't do this on a weekly basis, but as always guys, It's time to move on to greener and greater pastures. It's time to move on from the Columbus Blue Jackets. So with that, it's time to move on. I'm Brian. He's been Tom. This has been our Columbus Blue Jackets 2021-2022 team preview.